Fearless host of Not Your Girlfriend's podcast. Thanks for tuning in to season three, episode 45. First, we want to thank all our day one listeners and welcome to our new listeners. Give us a follow on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. If you screenshot listening to the pod and put it on your story or tweet us, we'll send you a free Not Your Girlfriend's podcast sticker. We're also on Patreon where you can support us and become a member of the Mystical Coven of Bad Bitches. If you contribute for as little as $5 a month, you can access our exclusive cocktail hour content, goodies, and more. This podcast is made possible by you, so every contribution helps. Alright, and now let's dive into this week's episode. We have a really special episode for you guys this week. We have a friend from abroad. Um, her name is Blaze. She's not being anonymous, even though we are. So bold. So bold. So, <laughs> Blaze, we're going to start by asking your, well, we know your name, yeah. your age, where you're from, what your current relationship status is. So my name is Blaze. I am 27 from London and I'm currently in a relationship. And how long have you guys been dating? Uh, it will be two years in December. We don't know our anniversary, which is kind of controversial. So <laughs> I don't actually know what our anniversary is. I know kind of the month, but I don't know the date. So it's December, mid-December. Mid-December. Yeah. And you guys live together? Yes, we do. We live together. Um, me, Vaughn and my best friend. Yeah. How long have you been living together? Weirdly since the start of our relationship. Huh. So I know. How's that happen? So it's pretty weird because... When we first got together, I always knew I was going traveling. Mm -hmm. So we kind of wanted to spend as much time as possible together. And I was kind of staying at my mum's and it wasn't possible to have him over. So I was like, you've got your place. It makes more sense. And I just kind of stayed there one night and then never left. I love it. Just never left. I'm going to leave my overnight bag. I'm leaving an airing. Exactly. (laughs) I left my everything bag there. So literally we just spent the whole of that four months living together and then I went traveling for four months and then as soon as I came back we moved in together officially oh so God. it's been our whole relationship which I really wow. think is controversial goes against everything I stand for yeah but it sounds <laughs> like it works out because like mine has been also controversial as yeah. you guys know by listening to my story with age where we kind of met in a whirlwind and spent yeah. like a lot of time with each other at first and kind of skipped the game playing and yeah. like the yeah. waiting to text somebody and number mm-hmm. of dates per week it was just all at once and it really gets you to realize like yeah. how much you like someone if you were willing to spend your entire fucking day with them for sure I think it's you're right, we just skip all the gameplay and you go straight to the, the core of it. And it's like, it can either make or break you. And it hasn't broken us yet. I mean, there's been moments where I really thought I was going to go down for murder. Because living <laughs> with somebody you love is intense. It's not all sunshines and rainbows, especially not with my boyfriend. So it, in some ways, I'm so proud of us that we did it. And it just goes to show that this could be pretty serious because I've survived two years living with my boyfriend nonstop. Yeah. yeah. And this this your longest relationship? Um, I think my longest relationship was two and a half years, actually. So no, this isn't my longest relationship. It's my second longest. Second longest. So far. So I met Blaze because we were neighbors in London together. And right now we're recording in New York. Me and Elle are not in London. I fucking wish. (laughs) (laughs) Blaze is just in New York. Um, So when I was living there, it was my last year of uni. And I was living with my boyfriend at the time, my long-term British Bay, uh, Jay. (laughs) And you were living with your boyfriend at the time, and we were neighbors. Yeah. And that's how we became friends. And also, like, everyone knew each other's business in that apartment complex oh because the walls were so fucking so thin. thin. I know you had <laughs> my arguments, girl, because oh <laughs> the whole book did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, like, you were living with, I mean, Joe, and yeah. then I was living with Jay. Yeah. So it was a 
interesting time to meet and also we're still friends throughout all of that and we've like sure, now yeah. shed that weight of like okay. exes we've lost a few pounds yeah <laughs> pounds we've lost some boyfriend pounds yeah <laughs> so how was that relationship with joe um that one was really a strange one for me because it was my most serious relationship i'd say well, it's the only serious relationship I had until Vaughn. Mm-hmm. So it was like a big pinnacle for me. It was kind of like I'd always been the girl that didn't want anything serious. I just wanted sex and right. fun. And like I didn't care for relationships. They were very fleeting, didn't really want that. And then it came at a time in my life where I actually did. So I jumped on Tinder, as you do in London, and met this guy, Joe, who immediately we just started dating we just kind of like hit off we had such a great connection really really funny really really great and at the time we thought it was what I wanted I realized now that you kind of settle I think a lot of the time especially with me because I wanted something and I think I was sick of being single sick of fucking around I wanted a relationship and basically I settled in some ways that perhaps now I realize I wouldn't, but at the time it was what I needed and it helped me grow. Right. Like, you need that relationship. Yeah, yeah. For sure. And yeah. it was the same with me and like first time living yeah. together as well. And you kind of need that like hardcore relationship, long-term relationship to really give you what you need to go out there and date. And like yeah. it teaches you for good or bad. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. First we serious went. relationship definitely gives you the roadmap for everything that you're going to want and specifically what you don't want in the oh, future. Okay. And I think, Definitely. Like my, like first, you know, my first serious relationship was also my college boyfriend. And there was a lot that like I settled in, in that relationship too, because you're just like, you know, it's, it's young love and it's so fleeting and it's so fresh and Mm -hmm. new that you just want to like make it work. But you come out of it like with a lot of lessons learned and definitely a lot stronger and better off. Yeah, literally. And I think, I don't know, is college your university? Yeah, yeah, same thing. So relationships rarely last for university. And if they do, my God, hats off to you because yeah. most of the time if you're in different unis or you're, you're doing different things it can take such a strain on the relationship yeah so I kind of miss those a lot of those stages I watched my friends be in serious relationships for four or five years and I was always the single friend kind of like not really having successful relationships or at the time I was like this is fine this is what I want but looking back it's like was I really happy? They were constantly, I was always single. It was a new boyfriend all the time. Yeah. My friends were constant and I was the one that was always bringing someone new to a social. So uh-huh. for me, it was just, it's just interesting how everybody perceives it and how everybody deals with it. And I look back now and it's really funny, like that that was my first serious relationship when I was 25. I always had it in my head when I was younger, I would have a serious relationship by the time I was 18. And wow, that's a lot of pressure. I know. I don't know why, I just, you know, I, like I said, I was saying this to you the other day. I'm not really a big romantic. I never planned my wedding. I don't really don't think I'm going to have kids. But I, one thing I knew was like I was going to have a serious relationship by 18. I don't care about marriage, but I was going to have a serious relationship. And boy, was what like, did that oh, mean? Wait, yeah. Like, and when did you put that? Like, how young? I guess did you decide that that was the goal? Well, quite young because I watched all these fairy tales, and that was just how it was. Yeah. You would find your love. It would be your one. It would be your person. And you were going to be fine. I didn't want to get married. I didn't want to have kids. Right. But I was going to find my person. We were going to be soulmates. But it was going to be us against the world. And that did not happen. <laughs> it was me alert. <laughs> it was me doing the walk of shame. Most of my 20s, like, literally be like, time to get my coat and leave. Because this is only a one-night stand. <laughs> and check it out at 7 a.m. Please take your bag. So, yeah. It was, were you single all throughout uni? 
Um, I was single for the first year and a half, and then I met somebody in my second year, mm-hmm. and we dated for just under a year, about 11 months. Okay. So, yeah. Did you was... use apps in uni? No, because there was no apps around. Like, I, I can't imagine my life without apps now, but before, I'm like, how did I meet people? I guess it was the... The uni part, yeah. so I met people through uni, right. so you, you're subjected to loads of different personalities yeah. and different people, so that is really useful. Um, so I actually found him in uni, but I'd never even thought about apps. I, I knew about online dating, and I was one of those stupid people that was like, oh, that's really weird. Who the hell on my dates? Yeah, but it was also the time. Like, yeah. So you're a couple years older than me, but I remember... Tinder first became a thing here, I think, at the end of my freshman year. Yeah. And I remember everyone just going on, like, kind of just, you know, messing around with it. Yeah. But no one actually really went on dates because it was still this very new, weird thing where it was like, this is online dating, but all we've ever known about online dating our whole lives is, like, eHarmony and Match.com. Yeah, right. Things for, like, sad old old single people. people. Yeah. Exactly. So it's just, like, it was kind of a a mentality shift in, like, okay, maybe this can be okay, and maybe this can be for us, too. So I feel like the time had a lot to do with it, I'm sure. It did. And it's also, I think, us as people, I I realize now how great apps are because I can't tell you the amount of times I've been on a train and there's been an absolute 10 out of 10. Yep opposite me we I fucked the whole oh. journey but nobody's done anything yeah. there's no number swapped nobody's had the balls to go and say something to somebody and then I get off the train you continue on your journey and that's it and that's it is that like literally yeah. how am I going to meet okay, you we've talked about this do you remember when you were on the train and you were like I got off at the same stop as the guy yes. and you couldn't think of like a pickup line yeah. like we've literally all been there and there's that one um What's that app? Missed, uh, it's not Miss Connection. Happening? Happening. Or happen, happen, happen. Yeah. Do you have that over there too? I think we might, but I'm not sure. Again, unfortunately, I only know Tinder because I went, I was around in the Tinder era and then mm-hmm. when I got into a relationship with Vaughn, Hinge just came out. So right, I right. Never, so you missed all the new ways. No, but I, on all the time do I go on my best friends and be like, he's not yeah. the one for you. This is <laughs> right. How do? Sometimes she'll give me her phone and I'm like, right, this is so fun. I'm li- living vicariously through you. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so Happen is this app where like, it's constantly tracking your location. So it oh. you can swipe on people after you've passed them. So really it's trying to match you with those misconnections. But it's very creepy because it'll show you the cross section where you walked by this yeah. person. And in New York City, like you, if you work in the same neighborhood, you go to the same places over and over again yeah. every day. So it's very easy oh to be creeped on it'll if you go to the same juice bar right. every day. Right, and it'll tell you you've you crossed paths with this person. That's why. It's like 20 times. I'm not gonna lie, that's the least worth it. Are we sure? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a little creepy. Also, it's like, I don't know. I think we are all quite, sh- like, a lot of people are shy. And I've, I rate the people that can have the energy to go out there and be like, do you know what? I'm going to I'm gonna shoot my shot. I'm going to try. Mm-hmm. But if I walk past you, and obviously I didn't want to approach you, then I don't know why I'm going to feel but different an hour later. Right. Do you know, I should have had that confidence to go up to you. I mean, perhaps I think it works. I'm not going to judge anyone it works some people but for me I, I don't think that would be an app even if I was single I'd be like that's a little not me because if I don't have the confidence or I'm not blown away and I didn't go up to you then perhaps that's right. not if it didn't me. happen in the moment maybe it's not meant to yeah. be so, maybe it's not supposed right. to happen yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> I will you say for like the month maybe that I had it and I was like just giving it a shot yeah 
I never once went on the app and actually saw the hot guy that I had been making eye contact with, like, right. at exactly. the yeah. shop. Right? It's like, oh my god, maybe this is going to be him. And it never was. It was, like, yeah. the creepy short guy in the corner on his laptop. Yes. <laughs> That's the one that spotted me and it was tracking my location now. Yeah. Brilliant. So, yeah. <laughs> So how was online dating when you did try it? So you had Tinder days. So Tinder was really fun for me because <laughs> it was fun and a bit rubbish because I'm quite lazy. So I would arrange all these dates and I'd be like, right. I was honest from the get-go. What I don't want these go- these guys to do, I was like, I don't want you to pretend this is something it's not. This is straight up sex or it's not. It's, as I call it, strictly dickly. <laughs> if we're either going to fuck, and let's be honest here, or don't waste my time. So there was a lot of that, but then I would often... But how on, would you get that across? Just straight up honesty. I'd be in the messages, I'd be like, there's no... If I, if I felt they were being a bit phony and a bit ungenuine because they wanted to get into my pants, I'd be like, I'm not looking for anything serious. I just want sex. And then their vibe would change. They would be the real them before they'd have to put on this, I'm so romantic, I'm so this. Right. And I was like, well, I'm so not. Right. So we don't need to do this. I'm just here to scratch an itch. And I that was fun at first. It was great. And then I like I said, I was lazy. I'd arrange these dates and I wouldn't go. But a couple of times they were successful and I had some fun nights, met some cool people. Did you ever go straight to their apartment or was always like meet in public, meet at a bar and then go back to their place? I'm very much like stranger danger is real. So right. I had to meet at a communal spot that we knew was fine I'd see if I was feeling the vibe and then if it was good then I'd go back to their apartment yeah. right. but I'd have to literally meet you first because it's just again that strange danger of what if I go straight to her apartment and it's not what and I you're expected. waiting to murder me yeah, yeah. And you right. were looking for somebody because somebody did die in England on a Tinder date mm-hmm. so, yeah they did I can't remember her name but somewhere near I think it might have been Essex I could be wrong but she got killed on a Tinder date sorry to take it to a dark turn but no, straight no, to no, no. this is the thing as like a woman right. out there dating you've got to be careful and I was not taking any risks like, right. of course. a couple girls have died here too yeah really yeah. it's like a it's a real thing yeah stranger danger is real so yeah. I, I wanted to see them at least that would be like evidence I would always message a friend would I message a friend and be like this is where I'm going this is what he looks like. Yeah. This is if we need to call the police because I'm missing. This is his profile. This is, profile. This is where we met. Check the CCTV. The old bread comes as evidence along my trail. So, you know, things like that. Um, yeah, because I found very, like, a lot of European guys very yeah. quick to the draw when it oh, says, yeah. when they're saying about, like, coming over and, like, I would be there for X amount of days at this yeah. point, right? When I would, like, go to Europe. And they knew that I, and I knew I would, we just want to fuck. But there's, yeah. like, some nuance where it's, like, you know, just fucking lie to me. Like, yeah, you know? Right. Like, let's meet for a drink. Let's do this. But, like, a lot of dudes be, like, just, like, yeah, like, so we're going to fuck, right? And that put me off in a way. It was, yeah, like, I yeah, I, I just want to fuck you, and you just want to fuck me, and I'm only here for the next three days. But, like... Let's act like we're decent even right, right. for like literally an hour. And yeah. Half. When I was yeah. in Paris last <laughs> spring, I, I had the same experience where I'd be like chatting with guys and it, you know, I'm like, okay, I would love to meet you out for a drink. And they'd be like, well, why don't you just come over and we'll have a drink yeah. at my place? Yeah. And some people have told me that's just a very European thing, like to invite someone over to your home for a drink <laughs> instead of going out. But I'm like, it's, it's a European thing, but it's also a fucking dangerous and creepy thing. Yeah. yeah. Like, We've all seen I, yeah, I, I, actually, that's a lie. I was going to say, I don't know if that's a European thing. Well, I know that the guys that are just, like you said, straight up want sex. They'll come with the one you come over. And, like, much like you, it's a little bit intense and sometimes it's a bit boring for me. Right. I'm like, let's just go for a drink because, one, I might not like you. And then what am I supposed to do? Pay for another Uber back home? I need to see you at a bar. At least I can enjoy my vodka. Right. And if you're not, if, if I'm not feeling it, I can leave. 
And I'll be like, it wasn't such a wasted night, but I get what you mean. It is quite an intense thing. So it's like that thing, lie to me just for a second. We both know why we're here, but let's pretend. What would be your, different. your worst day you've been on? Oh, jeez. Rack your brain. I know. One. Just one. Just one. That's the problem here. <laughs> oh, I'm trying to think. I think the worst dates for me, and one of them I can remember is we both knew it wasn't going anywhere, but I don't know why we stuck it out till dessert. Does that make sense? Like, I've never had, I haven't, unfortunately, I haven't had any big wild stories. I've had weird hookups, but I haven't only had wild dates per se where it's gone funky. South, yeah. But it's just knowing it's not working, but we're too polite to leave. Right. I've never understood that. And I go away being like, yeah, this was great. I've just spent money I didn't need to spend when I've got food in my fridge. But I haven't, I haven't really experienced any wacky stories. Was that my dinner friends? on a first date? Yeah. Why? I don't know why. Like some people are a bit more when you're when you're going for the mindful that is men. Some people are like, right, let's go for dinner. And some people are like, let's go for drinks. I always prefer drinks, but I wasn't going to turn down food because I love food. But I, I would counter with drinks if someone asked me for dinner. Really? Too, because it's just a lot. I mean, it's the same as going There's straight to someone's place at first, right? It's like mm. you haven't felt them out to know if it's going to even work. And yeah. if you're going to want to sit through that whole meal. Yeah. So it's like drinks is just like, you know, it's just like dipping a toe in. And yes. For and sure. Just yeah. feeling it out. And you can always walk away and say, oh, yeah, I have to leave. Let me just down this drink and, yeah, meals you know, make, make my way. I'm not leaving any food behind. Right. <laughs> yeah, I'm going right. to eat it all. So I've got to sit and pretend. And plus, you're right. I think drinks are way more casual. But I guess back then I was like, oh, he's inviting me for food. Why not? We've all done it. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Of course. He's not here for a good reason. But yeah. Right. I listen to my friend's stories and they go through some... I think one of the funniest ones I heard recently, actually, and it just made me think how funky dating is, is he bought um, her a meal and he cut it in half. It was a burger from Weatherspoons, by the way, which is only like, it's really cheap. It's cheap as chips. It's maybe five pounds for a meal. So he bought one meal and cut it directly in half and was like, this is your half, this is mine. What? I know. Wait, who ordered the burger? He did. She was. He was like, "Do you want something to eat?" She was like, "Yeah," because they were supposed to be. She bought first round. He was going to buy the food. That was kind of the deal, right? And he bought one burger with some chips and onion rings, which she told me he ate all of, and cut the burger down the middle. Now, B, you know how cheap Weatherspoons is. Yeah, I was appalled. I was shocked. I wanted him arrested. Weatherspoons finds this so man cheap. You cannot like even if you're the poorest person. It's like the McDonald's. Yeah, it's the McDonald's. It's like splitting a quarter pounder at That is what so is that horrible. About? No, that was wild. That's the funniest story I've heard in a while. Jesus, I haven't lived through those. I wish I lived through my friends. I haven't had any of those right. experiences. What is oh, what wow. is the splitting the bill culture like in London? So that's a real interesting one. I'm a massive feminist, but I like somebody to offer. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. Maybe it goes against everything people agree with, but I like somebody to offer, but I would like to split most of the time. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just nice to know that you would do that. Right. So recently, uh, people that I know that have been dating have had a real problem with guys just going, right, let's just split it, not even offering. Uh-huh. So it's interesting. I'd like to hear other people's views on that. But for me, I would like to be offered and then we can equally split. Mm-hmm. I, just, I just prefer, I don't know what it is. I just prefer it when a guy offers to me. Even if I'm going to split it, I don't know why. Yeah, and I feel like it's almost kind of the opposite here where guys, for the most part, in the US, like in America, expect that they'll be paying for the first date, but they like to see that a girl will offer to split the bill. So it kind of like goes both ways. Yeah, like I I offer, if I'm the guy, 
wait, I found the girl, so you're the guy. <laughs> right. I offer, you say, no, babe, that's all right. And right. then I'm like, okay, babe. And then that's it. That's <laughs> right? So I always offer on a first date to split the bill. Yeah. But I will say, it leaves bad taste in my mouth if they, if they say yes. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, like, yeah, first exactly. date. Like, also, you're trying to court me. Uh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. This I'll, one time. I choose, like, really, like, conscious about the places I choose for a date, especially drinks and stuff. I choose a happy hour. I choose a dive bar. I choose something affordable where, like, if push comes to shove, I can pay for my half. Right. Yeah. And that's also important. Like, don't choose, like, a fucking, like, Michelin star Mm -hmm. restaurant. If you can't, yeah, because you're going to be in trouble. And can you run fast enough from that bill? Yeah. No, you're right. I completely agree with you. I would never agree to a date where I couldn't cover myself. And... I'll always have my credit card as an emergency. I always go out to a date with money. Yeah. I'll never not go expecting to pay because it never works like that. Even if you hinted and said, oh, I can't do today. I'm actually pretty broke. And they'll be like, no, it's fine. Don't trust them. Don't. That's happened to my friends so many times. I was like, do not trust them. I don't know if they're going to pay and you don't either. So go in with that mindset and she had to pay the money she didn't really have. Yeah. Like you're eating half a burger and then you're drinking You don't know what you're paying for. That's trash. That's so trash. Half a burger. So I'm actually really curious about like your bonds, like money relationship because you guys live together Mm -hmm. and like that's something that you're about to do out with your boyfriend and like that's something like on the horizon, like future, 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 future with me and Ash. How do you navigate like bills and like dates and date nights? Um, so we're really down the middle, which is like a really, really like. Um, we've both gone through various stages where I earned more than him, he's earned more than me, and whatever. But we're always equal. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes, perhaps, it takes the romance out of a date night when you're constantly splitting things down the middle. But we just kind of like it like that. Occasionally, he'll treat me, and occasionally, I'll be like, "No, this is on me." But usually, we are very we're a team, we're very fair, and I like it this way. This is the my ex, as I was speaking to you about, was really like earned a lot more than me, and we split everything down the middle, and it just crippled us a lot of the time because I couldn't afford yeah. that, and it was really, it wasn't very nice. I felt like a struggle all the time. I couldn't really afford things, and he just wouldn't offer to help out. Right. Whereas now I'm comfortable. I you know I earn a really good wage. But I, I want to pay my bit. I, I'm happy to pay my bit, but I know that if it ever came to it, Vaughn would cover me. You know, if I ever had to change my job, I was out of a job for a little while earlier in the year and Vaughn covered me, mm-hmm. everything. That's teamwork, but usually it's down the middle. That's good. Because, like, you also want to know that if that person did make more money than you, that, like, it would yeah. be a fair split. Like, yeah. they're proportionate. Yeah. I know couples where they live together and somebody makes more than the other person by like a lot. Yeah. So they yeah. pay more of the rent portion. Oh. And then yeah. like, cause it's like, it's like what, like, let's say rent is like 30% of your income. Yeah. Right. Like they would pay, they would each pay 30% of their income towards that rent. Oh, nice. Pay, That's know, very like, fair. Yeah. Like yeah. If I earn way more than Vaughn, I would literally make sure that it was fine. Well, I did earn quite a lot more than him. I did, we split things, but then I was always treating him to just random stuff, like, because I had that disposable income, I wasn't paying rent at the time, I could treat him, so I am very giving, but yeah, I, I like it to be fair, when yeah. possible. Yeah, it's just me. I mean, it seems like Brits are pretty candid about talking about finances, is that right? No. No. <laughs> no. no, we are I'm very candid about talking about finance because it's just money. But right. you will never know what somebody earns. It's so secretive. Like uh-huh. 
it's really money is not a topic you discuss. Wow. Yeah, okay. I think Americans are much, much more open. You're way more liberal with your speaking about so money. So I base that on my like work environment. My one bridge coworker is so like he knows what everyone in our group makes. Like we all talk openly, and I feel like he was the one that kind of prompted us to do that and started that conversation. Out and could do that. That's why he, he feels empowered time now time to yeah, talk about it. Culture, right? Escaped hard and was like, but, let's discuss this. Yeah, the rest of us were very like, oh, like, should we be sharing this? information no i think it's so good to share your income because it's also you know how much someone is getting paid for a position similar to you or the same oh yeah absolutely in the workplace it definitely the only person that's benefiting is the employer exactly you're not talking about exactly i think in reaction to that in london so many people are doing the same positions and it really varies in the salary so i think it creates a lot of hostility so i think that's why it's not really discussed Mm -hmm. because it could create attention so if there's five people all doing the same position and three or more because they've been here longer and right. came at a time where there's some cuts, it causes tension. So I yeah. think that's why we're all very like, and it's kind of looked down upon by the organization if you tell openly what you get. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's the same here because they know yeah. that it hurts them in the end. But mm-hmm. yeah, still do it. you're a bunch of people against the employer. Right. Yeah. It's a small enough company that you've all been there for years. Like, you did what the fuck? Yeah. Right. Like, why are you being yeah. this person more than me? <laughs> it's true. Yeah. If we're doing the same level of work and we're doing the same hours and we're expected to do the same things, so, yeah, I agree. Would you say you have a dating preference? Like, in terms of, like, a type on paper? Mm, as in a guy or t- oh, type of date? No, like a type of dude. Mm. <sighs> I would be lying if I said no. I know. <laughs> I can see you're <laughs> really well. That's because you know me and your listeners don't. So I'm going to act like, <laughs> I'm just going to be straight up real. I do. I like a hipster type person, usually. But I'm telling you now, all the guys that I've ended up with, I have not been looked up on paper. I'd say Vaughn is the closest, and I'm not saying this because he's my current relationship. Mm-hmm. I don't care. Honey, if you're listening, don't care. But he is aesthetically and kind of like personality-wise, well, not so much personality, but aesthetically what I my type on paper is. Yeah. He looks like a Viking. He looks like he's sprouted from the ground. Uh-huh. He's got a big beard, lovely head of hair, dark, beautiful, like, bluey green eyes, like, that's just, like, think my aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Like, my ex was complete opposite. He was, like, blonde. Gingery. Yeah, gingery, yeah. tints in the beard, which was never usually what I'd ever gone for, and I don't, wouldn't say I usually go for that. So that was a rarity, but, you know. So you're, like, mixed race. Yeah, I am. Do you always lean towards white guys? Um, I feel like my dating history would say that I do. I just see it as whoever's beautiful and catches my eye is beautiful. I don't have a particular, I wouldn't say I have a particular... But my history has tended to be white guys, but I've dated loads of different, loads of mixes, black, like, I just don't care. As long as you're attractive inside as well, that's the main mm-hmm. thing. But aesthetically, then we can do this. I don't really care where you're from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we talked on the pod before um, about, like, fetishization. Oh, yeah. Not. And this is, like, oh, from gosh, all yeah. different types of guys, especially white guys. Yeah, oh, my God. I don't know if you share any similar problems. A big problem for me is, and I hate the dudes that have said this, because my mum is a beautiful, dark-skinned black woman. So I'm quite light. I'm light with freckles. And I've heard people say, you know, you don't really look that black, which is one, what the fuck does that mean? Right. Yeah, that's true. To be, like... I would date a mixed race girl, but I wouldn't date a black girl. First of all, that's trash, that's, dude. Yeah. What right. the hell are you saying? Right. Like, you like me because I'm diluted? Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Like, that's not working for me. So I've had that a lot, actually, 
with the white guys that I have dated. And again, you know, I'm constantly teaching my white boyfriend about cultural appropriation and even my light skin privilege because I am light and there are people, and that the darker you are, the less you are treated. And I teach my boyfriends about that. So I think those are the struggles I've had dating white guys um, is trying to teach them about my culture and my views and also be like, don't fetishize me. Yeah. Don't be like, yeah, you're beautiful for this. I wouldn't go any darker because that is disgusting. That's really rude. And like, yeah, it is really rude because my, and then I'm like, but my mum is a beautiful dark skinned woman. I came from her. She made me, she made my looks. Like, why would you not date a black woman? Why am I the stock point? Why am I right. as far as you will go? I will only go here and no further. I don't get that. Yeah. I really don't get that. That's why I like super love as well. Like the mm. winner of Love Island this year is Amber. Yeah. And she's the first person of color to yeah. ever win Love Island. It's wild. And, and she's she's mixed race. Yeah. I think there's a definite change in attractiveness perception in the greater UK. But that was actually interesting because this is the first one I watched. I don't watch Love Island. I do not care about it. But I found that really interesting how Yuwande was so stunning to me but picked last. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Amber, you know, I, they were picking the Lucys over the Ambers well, and then the Yuandes. Well, they worked up to Yuande because yeah. the last season, every season they got like a, a girl slightly darker than the uh, season before. Yeah, right? they were going up and up and yeah. up. And so it's like, cool. Yuande was like the darkest girl they've ever had on Love Island. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the, what made Yuande happen was Samara from the previous season. Yeah. And she was... Also, I think, no, I think she was black, but she was lighter than Yawande. She was lighter than Yawande. And then the season before, there was a girl I can't remember who was also lighter than Samara. Okay. So it seems very pointed in the producer's oh, point of view. Right, they right. keep introducing, like, a darker, like, black girl every yeah. single season to see, like, yeah. hey, what is our level? But she like, was, how far can we take this? She yeah. was very ignored. And yeah, like, she was, I think she was, it was shitty. Hands down, I... She's a fucking doctor or something, right? Yeah, she's a, and forget the fucking career. The girl is beautiful. She is stunning to me. Her skin, her body, her everything was just on fire. Like, I personally preferred her to a lot of the girls in there. And I just didn't get it how she kept getting picked. Last, and I really do believe that, was because she was a dark-skinned woman. And the thing is about Love Island, and you can also view this from the greater UK culture, yeah. is that the mixed race and the black guys on that show were always top choice. Yeah. Always, always, huh. always. And the, the mixed race or the, the darker girls mm-hmm. were like the bottom choice. So it's like yeah. men didn't get that scrutinization for right, like their right. race as much. Yeah. So it's, I mean, it's very fucking interesting because like I also see like a lot of white girls dating like mixed race dudes or black yeah. guys now because yeah. they're like, it's a trend. Do you think that yeah. men benefit more from like the fetish, fetish, fetishization of like being mixed race or colored than for sure. do? For sure. I think, I, think, I think it's equal. I think if you're, like like you said, if you're lighter, you yeah. have more privilege if you're a woman. But I think, like, the spectrum of acceptance for mixed race uh, guys are, is much higher. Like, right. you can be, like, darker and lighter and still be the same amount of attractiveness mm-hmm. or fetish size, actually. Mm. It's, it really is interesting. And it is, you know, like, that just, like, leads to, a, like, a bigger topic. Because all I know my whole life has been half white, half black. Um <clears throat> And a human before that, might I add. So when I have dated people, you know, it's the same as if I dated a black guy and they said, oh, I would go black and mixed race, but I wouldn't date a white girl. It's like things like that. It's always kind of like, I don't know, it's just that middle ground. And, you know, some people will be like, oh, but you're lucky you've got the best of both worlds. But I haven't really felt like that. I do feel sometimes feel fetishized. Now yeah, I can't yeah. really say the word. You sometimes you do, you do, and you, you feel a little bit uncomfortable. Yeah. So it is, and I still get stares, like when I walk down the road, when I was walking down the road actually in Copenhagen with um, Joe, who looked, you know, very blonde, as I said, 
we would get people stare at us and a bit confused by the situation. Mm-hmm. And then I just think, well, God, can you imagine what the 90s were like for my mum? Yeah. Right. Dark woman with a really light kid. So I can just only imagine it's, it's yeah, it's weird. I mean, it's like hard to maneuver. And I think that's something I'm conscious of as Dating well. Dating-wise, yeah. Yeah, because like there's that idea of like oh my god is your family gonna accept me like oh yeah gonna, like low-key racist yeah like yeah. i mean there's like that there's always and like white people joke about this there's always like oh that racist grandma and it's yeah like, yeah okay that's real for me like and, and that's a real effect if yeah. your parents or your grandparents yes and their family don't accept me literally based on something yeah. that cannot change and that is more so when you happen to date people um I think it's more so if you date white people that that happens. So if I dated a black guy, I don't think it would be as much because, you know, there's that one drop rule. As soon as you've got a drop of something in you, you're no longer white. Mm. So you're more likely to be uh, of an ethnicity. So like it's collective. Ethnicity can mean a lot of things. So there's a collection of that. Whereas if you're dating a white person, they do have, like I said, that racist grandpa that perhaps uses words he shouldn't. It's like, oh, but that's okay. It's because it's just my my granddad. That was his generation. And I'm like, well, no. Because that's not okay. But you have to go into your head, meeting this family, thinking the worst. Shit. Yeah. What if they are? Yeah. Like, what if they are racist? And what if that granddad doesn't like me and doesn't really accept me at the table? I've had situations like that where they haven't been horrible to me, but they have said, you know, my grandma uses this word, but that's because her general. And I'm like, let's just stop right from right. Here. Right. Let's I don't not hear give that. them a get out of jail no, free card I don't because they're hear that. an older generation. Yeah, I don't give shit. Yeah. No, I don't want to hear that because there were still people. Of ethnicity and colour around in that generation. Yeah. And it was not acceptable to say it then, it's not acceptable to say right. it now. Yeah, so. we had this whole discussion last night. Um, I was at R's apartment and we were with his roommate and then two of his friends were over. Two of his friends are black. And so we got into the discussion about like Justin Trudeau and like the blackface, like mm, pictures yeah. that came out. Yeah. And there was the argument of, well, it was a different time and, mm. you know, things were different back then. But that shit doesn't hold. Like, what is that, the 90s? Right. Oh, how far yeah. back are we going? Yeah, so <laughs> at any point in time. And so, so there's kind of like the, the constant, like, education yeah. process of, like, having to teach someone, like, you know, it is a problem. And just because, yeah. it, you know, it's not bringing up old stuff and making, you know, like, trying to all be an outcry about it. It's, like, actually acknowledging something really horrible that was yeah. happening that like now we're like a little more woke and we understand as a society yes, it's exactly. not right but it's like this education process you have to constantly have with someone who's white specifically because they yeah. never experienced it no it's not you land on the justin trudeau um oh it landed in everyone <laughs> screaming oh my god a lot of a lot of uh yeah it was it was a pretty a pretty hot room of uh yeah, screams. No, in the end, it was like, okay, yeah, we get it. Blackface is wrong, right? Like, right, right. like our and his white roommate period. got yeah. it, but they were like, and that's our stance, right? Yeah. <laughs> really, <laughs> really, their end stance was like, oh, well, the far left is like they just want to crucify everyone, and I was like, you sound like bitter old white men right now. He like, also did brownface. Yes, he did. He and did. I just think it's like, okay, just because he said sorry, we have to be accountable for our actions. I right. agree exactly with what you were saying. I had this discussion with um, Vaughn and my flatmate. And we all agreed the same thing. It's wrong. And right. even though they may be an amazing person and done so much good in the face of weird things, it doesn't matter. It's still wrong what they did back then. It doesn't matter if it was appropriate or not. It's wrong. Be held accountable. End of. Right. Why are we being like, oh, yeah, but that was back in the day. Like, I see that a lot on the internet, like Jeffree Star, who I can't stand, who's racist. And they're like, oh, yeah, but you said it 10 years ago. You said the N-word 10 years ago. And I'm like, I don't give a shit. He right. still said it. Right. That's like saying, I killed somebody 10 years ago. Let me live now. No, no, you still killed somebody. You're still a murderer. Right. So, 
a fucking racist. Get yeah. over it. End of discussion. Yeah. That's the way you, I say have it. you dealt with any of this stuff with? Oh, um, sorry, with H. Thank God we're not live. Um, kind of. Well, like not really with his immediate family. I mean, he has admitted to me that his mom really wants Nitra's babies before. Yeah. 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 Oh, that is no, the, top the definition. Yeah. Wow. But like he is half German and half uh, Danish, so like probably the two whitest people in the world. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, and he does say like may like because I, I pushed him on it, and I was like, really, like truly, like do you think like your extended family, like your entire family, will be accepted of me? Like I know your mom and your dad will, and your sisters, but he was like, oh, I'm not sure. Like there could be. Like, but I don't think they would say anything because also, at least on the German side, they've got enough shit to deal with in their past. And they're like, right. open arms to everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Even if they're thinking it, they would never say yeah, it. Yeah, they're not. No. Yeah. They're repenting real hard. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I don't think there's been a lot of, like, people in his family that have married outside of, like, anyone who isn't white. So that's also like a weird bridge to cross because I oh, think girl. you're like, a pioneer. Right. I thank you. Let <laughs> <laughs> me just say it's gonna be tough. Yeah, it will be in that I'm also like trying to figure out like if I do meet his extended family, like yeah. what that's gonna be. And like I'm sure yeah. they'll be fine with me and like not horrible, but um the fact you, you never have to know. think about it yeah. is tough in itself. Right? It's like a it's something like if I was white I didn't have I would not have to think about it. Yeah, twice. exactly. Yeah. You know? Um, and also, like, explain your background and stuff. It's oh, like yeah. a whole fucking geography oh, lesson. My God. Especially, where are you really from? Right. So, oh, goodness. Well, let me take you down the 300-year journey. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that <laughs> brought me here. How did this come to be? Right. No, I completely get you. My whole dad's side is Irish, pure white. I'm the... Well, I was the only witness person for a long time. Excuse me. So that was... Yeah, I completely get it. And even then, I'm telling you some of my family are racist. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care. They are. Whether yeah. you join the family by any means, and it, and it is tough. It is really. And really you can tough. have like a black friend. You can have someone in your family who's mixed race and still be racist. As well. No, for sure. Oh, yeah, that you person. You can be the person and still be yeah. fucking racist. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, it's like a complicated matter, and thankfully we haven't had to like super cross that bridge yet. Yeah. Um, hopefully you don't ever you right. just stay on one side and then never cross the bridge. But um, maybe. I must say, with my experience of Europe. Denmark and Germany, from what I've experienced in that, they are just so welcoming and I've never felt different. A lot of my good friends are Danish and I have good German friends and German family. So, well, my cousin's half German. So, you know, I've never seen, obviously it's there, it's everywhere. But yeah. as, you know, Europe goes, like, I feel like it'd be fine. They're very forward thinking. Yeah, I think so too, because we even talked about this little. Yeah. Like going abroad, like yeah. when you were joking about when you visiting your family in Ireland, you're like, yeah. Oh, you clean up in Ireland. No, you would. <laughs> oh, you would. They love a bit of sun, sun. They yeah. Do. They yeah. Do. And I was like, that's why I fucking love like the yeah. Dutch and the yeah. Netherlands. Because they <laughs> love me because I'm different. And then yeah. uh H's type is not blonde hair, blue eyed bitch. And I'm like so Clearly. happy for that. <laughs> Clearly, right? Look at me. But like he he associates that with like his family. Yeah. So he's not attracted to that at its core. And I think just when you go abroad and you travel and you're not like everyone else yeah. in, in the culture, they think that it's like, ooh, different. Yeah. Fun. Yeah. New. Right. <laughs> yeah. New territory. Right. Something like colonize. New land. <laughs> okay. So we want to talk about traveling with a significant other. Okay. I recently experienced this for the first time. So I'm interested in your take. Any like tips? 
um, how you navigate that. Okay, so tip one, do not go anywhere if you guys are not in a good place. I've watched so many countless friends, especially the last couple of years, break up after a holiday that turned into hell. Because for some reason, I don't know what it is, people have thought that a holiday would fix things because you're away, but it doesn't. It doesn't cause any problems. You just take it with you. So I know that's always kind of tricky. And the fact that you're even asked on this, it's a well-known thing that traveling with your significant other is, is a big step. And it's really draining because you are all each other has. So my first trip with Vaughn was actually purely because, as I said, when we met, I'd really booked my traveling when I was <clears throat> not with Vaughn. So I was going to be traveling for four or five months. And I remember saying to him, I didn't want to continue the relationship. Let's keep it casual. Because when I go away, I, I'm not that long distance. It's not me. Right. And he was really, really good about it because I was thrown a wobbly, as I usually do, being a diva. I was like, no, it's not going to work. He booked a flight to visit me in Cambodia when I was traveling. So that was our first holiday. And I think that was so picturesque because I had missed him for so long that it didn't matter. We hardly argued. I mean, we still argued, but it was like about minor things. We were enjoying it. Every second was precious. So that wasn't really a holiday holiday, I feel, because that's like I needed something from home and he came over right and then our holiday after i'd say our, our actual holiday when we both left the country together and came back together was when we went this year to iceland the first one of this year we went to iceland and we were camper vanning so we rented out a van and wow. we drove around iceland wow that is close for comfort yeah that's close for comfort that is like navigating icy roads maps map, all the things that could be triggers for an argument right so it was do you know what? It was the best holiday. I think it's like, no offense to New York and all the great It was the most magical. <laughs> We're trash. Yeah. So it was amazing. It was the best holiday. And I wouldn't want to do it with anyone else before. It was so magical. The way we handled it, we had so much fun together. He drove the whole way in the most crazy conditions, but he was just like my rock. I think the reason why our holidays work is because. I'm a dramatic diva and Vaughn is chill. Mm. We are opposites. I'll never let him know how amazing he is, but he puts up with me and especially me abroad. So my tips for that is just find somebody you understand, who you have fun with. You both have the same thinking. You've got to be aligned to your thinking because if one person wants to do something else and the other person wants to do this, there can be clashes. My thing is find somebody who's like you. Make a plan. I always make a plan of what the things we want to do and it's equal. So I'll ask Vaughn and usually he doesn't care because he's like busy fiddling with his bike or doing something. I'll be like, what are the five things you want to see? These are the five things I want to see. We will make sure both of them work. Mm-hmm. This is our thinking. This is, I, I really think planning in a couple helps. And it might sound a bit anal. But once you have that plan, you both know it, you both agreed to it. There shouldn't really be any arguments. We agreed to this months ago. And why are we arguing about it? So that's, I find, really helpful to stop arguments. Because if I'm hot and I'm stressed and I don't know where I'm doing, I don't know where I'm going... I get agitated. I'm not going to lie. I have uh-huh. zero patience. So that could cause an argument, but that's kind of how we avoid any. So that was your yeah. best holiday, Iceland. What was like the least favorite with you two? I think the least favorite one was recently and it's so bad. I've been going to France. We had a house in France for years. So I've been going to France for years. And I told you about this, that we stayed in apartments with no AC when it was oh 40 my degrees. I was going out of my mind. Everything somebody did would annoy me. And we had a small studio and we had to cook. So cooking in 40 degrees with your kitchen right next to your bed. 
I had cried a lot. I broke down a lot. My mental health wasn't great before I went on this trip, and then it wasn't great on that trip. Yeah. And that was, thank God, Vaughn was patient because it was really tough. Like that was horrific, and he just put up with it. And in the end, I went and I cancelled my apartment and went and stayed with my mum because uh, my parents were out there. We were visiting my parents, and I just stayed in their big house where I could have AC and yeah, have it was just too much. Like that was horrific. But that wasn't Vaughn. That was the climate, right? And the situation. It's like an outside factor. Yeah, and I was trying to be cheap, and it bit me yeah. in the ass because I didn't get a place with AC. I got a fan. And it was horrific. So yeah. I've learned my bloody lesson. <laughs> Always go. Yeah. And, but like I said, I was really lucky. I have a boyfriend that's very patient because I think if I'd had somebody like my ex Joe, we would have killed each other. Right. Somebody, the police would have been called. <laughs> <laughs> well, what dead. would Vaughn do that was different to the way Joe would react? Because like, if there's any boyfriend listening here, it's like, oh fuck, what if my yeah, girlfriend does this on right. holiday? Like, how do I react in that situation? I think what's good about Vaughn is I have a mental health, loads of people have mental health, but I have a mental health disorder which sometimes changes the way I think and the way I react to situations that would seem normal to other people. I react in a very different way. And Vaughn is, first and foremost, always been my biggest supporter with that. Even though he doesn't understand mental health because he doesn't get it, right. uh, as in he doesn't suffer from anything, he always supports me. So he thinks, all right, this is just a moment I need to let her breathe. I think in that situation, it's not fair all the time to ask him to take a step back when sometimes I need to take a step back. So that's right. a deeper issue. But he, in those situations, thinks, right, she's stressed because of this. I'll give her a couple of minutes, let her breathe, let her do her own thing, and then I'll come back. Whereas I, at that moment, I'm so elevated, I can't take a step back. I'm like going crazy. He just knows to take a step back. So any boyfriends out there that are dealing with a highly stressed girlfriend, just give her five minutes. Sometimes, as much as I don't like physical affection, a cuddle in that moment is sometimes, you know, it wouldn't put in those moments where I feel like I'm breaking down, like, oh, accept your cuddle. It's like, it's like scientifically proven that yeah. like, literally the pressure on your body, yeah. like it brings, centers me. Yeah. Right. It like calms your nervous system. Yeah. And yeah. I think that that's so important. Like when you're dating someone who doesn't understand mental health issues, like the mo- it might be difficult for them to see the distinction between, okay, she's like having like an anxiety attack or a breakdown or like, you know, something is actually happening that's outside of her control yeah, um, or his control, you know, versus they're stressed out right now. Yeah. They're throwing a fit, like they're freaking out for something and it's kind of fine. Yeah. And that's like, I, I can't even imagine like being on the opposite side of that. Cause I have like really bad anxiety too. Yeah. Um, yesterday, R and I were actually taking a road trip and within two minutes of leaving his apartment, a giant dragonfly, oh, no. which I thought was a small bird. <laughs> a small dragon has entered the window. <laughs> like flew into the window of my yeah. car while we're stopped at a red light. No, girl, And I it. freaked out. I thought it was a bird because I saw it out of my peripheral. Oh, I jumped out of the car. What? The red light? R is yelling, stop, stop, stop. And I'm thinking that he's telling me to just stop freaking out. He finally yells, stop the car. Oh, my God. And I realized that the car is rolling into the person in front of us. I slam on the brake. Like, I don't know how I stopped it in time, but somehow I did. Stop the car, put it in park. R gets this thing out of the car. And then we're okay. But I'm, like, shaking and hyperventilating and crying a little bit. And he's like... He's like, you're good. You're good now. You're good now. And I think it took a second for him to realize this isn't me just like regular freaking out. This is like me not breathing and shaking right now. And and that like, 
I think once he realized that, he's like, okay, do we need to pull over? Are you good? Do you need a minute? Like, just stop for a second. Yeah, because that's a highly stressful situation. Right. It's about how it started. You nearly crashed a car. Right. It could have been a lot more, and you're freaking out. How right. can I react to that? And that's like a, you know, it's a thing that's like outside of my control in that moment. I'm yeah. like, I'm not consciously freaking out right now. Like, my body has like taken over. Yeah. And I think that, yeah, I think that that's it's like so important. And it's like so it great that it sounds like that, that Vaughn has that understanding. Yeah, like, I can't fault Joe the way that he understood, but not the way. Vaughn does. Joe was, I've been quite lucky, he was nice about my mental health, but he didn't know what Vaughn does. And he would just, like, he wasn't awful, but Vaughn has just been the best I've ever. And I think it's better even for me because Vaughn is so, like, if you meet him, mental health is just not a thing. The boy doesn't really get sad. He's just on a level, just chill. Right. Nothing really affects him. He's in his own world. Right. right. And he's cool. Like, he's fine. When I come home and I'm stressed from, like, somebody being bitchy at work, he doesn't understand why that affects me because he doesn't have those things like that. He's always like, great, everything's fine. It's just, he doesn't need to stress about that. So for him to understand my mental health and he's so far from it, that means more to me. Yeah, it is yeah. huge. When did I, he like know or like when you guys discussed it? Was it early on in the relationship? I think it got to a point where I couldn't hide it anymore. Like it got to a point where I didn't tell him until he started noticing things. Like I, I, when we first met, we obviously we met at work. I wouldn't show my mental health to him. I wouldn't show my depression. I wouldn't show my thoughts, my erratic behaviors, my mood swings. So when we started spending that more time together, it happened. And then finally this year, after waiting for a long time, I got my diagnosis of my condition. And so he knows what I have. But I always thought I'd had something. And so do you, of course, which yeah. must have been a massive relief. Oh my God, it was such a massive relief because... I always thought there was something wrong with me. And I, I really feel like it goes back into the thing about dating and why I'm single for so long. A deep part of it as well is I knew, I always believed I wouldn't find somebody that would fit with that. Mm-hmm. And I would always be on my own and nobody's going to stand by me. I have real abandonment issues. I was like, so I'm not going to bother. I'm not going to invest in anyone because they're just going to leave anyway. Right. See how crazy I am, quotation marks. Um, so I'm just not going to bother. I'm not going to fuck with that. I'm just going to yeah. have sex and treat like nothing. And then when you get and find somebody that you, you open up to and they see that raw side of you, it's it's big. It's scary. Sometimes I'm really mean to one. I'm trying to break up with them all the time because I'm like, I can't deal with how much I rely on you. Yeah. Like right now we're currently not talking. Because, <laughs> no, I'm not talking to him because he's been at home all day and he's been busy doing stuff and I'm an anxious fire at times and all I want is him. Right. I'll just talk to him and he ha- can't say that because I'm so in my head, like in my pride, I'm like, I'm not going to tell you why I'm annoyed. Whereas right. if I just said to him, I'm a bit anxious about flying, he'd be so chill with it. But I'm literally not talking to him. Because he's going to know. Yeah, I'm like, you should know why right. I agree. Which is oh really unfair. God. How dare I do that to him? But L, this L. is so <laughs> funny. This is so funny. I feel like I'm, like, I'm hearing, like, I'm having an out-of-body experience right now. Where I'm, you're, like, me speaking to myself. Um, I don't know if anyone saw on our Twitter yesterday. It would have been um, September 28th that I wrote, we're playing the game where I don't tell... My boyfriend that I'm mad at him and wait to see how long until he figures it out. <laughs> the end time was two hours. <laughs> at which point he was like, are you okay? You look like you're about to cry. And I kind of reflected and I was like, it's been two hours of me sitting on this. We are so far away from the initial thing yeah, that like- first annoyed me that I feel silly bringing it back up right yeah. now. And so he like, why didn't you tell me this two hours ago in the car? And we could have sorted it. Yeah. And we right, like, and that would have been like, it. No, you must be psychic. You must be attentive. You, you must be this. must feel my moods <laughs> coming off of me. I did say bye, bitch, to Vaughn, so he knows I'm happy. <laughs> I said the exact other message. 
So he's mostly thinking, I'm going to leave it for a hot set. Right, right. Let her collect. Yeah. And I'm so irrational. I know I'm doing my period because I've been acting like crazy. My breasts hurt. And I'm really angry for no reason. But I'm like, I'm angry because when I get to JFK, we won't be able to FaceTime because the Wi-Fi won't be strong enough. Right. Is that really enough reason <laughs> to get on a plane angry with your boyfriend? And now he's got to suffer. And I was like, if you think I'm going to land in London and forget this, no, I'm taking my attitude with me. It's checked into baggage. <laughs> <laughs> Listen here. He's For 45 seconds, we're like, no, that's not the point. No, let's go. Okay, fire round. Bumble or Tinder? Tinder. First date, dinner or drinks? Drinks. First social media exchange, Snap or Insta? Insta. Dom or sub? <laughs> sub. First date, your place or theirs? Theirs, so I can leave. <laughs> Check comes split or nah? Split. First time foreplay, give or receive oral? <laughs> receive top or bottom mm, blindfolded or bondage Ooh, bondage <laughs> Gryffindor, Slytherin, Ravenclaw or Hufflepuff duh, Gryffindor <laughs> yeah That's yes. right. I feel like we actually covered a lot of these like in the episode we did Yeah, I, I, like, the I can answer these right <laughs> that was good though it was good um, plays, do you have anything more to say to our listeners the last thought um, girls, I think what you're doing here is so amazing. This is like something that I'll take back to London, not being emotional. This has been one of the happiest couple of hours of my life. Just talking about all this fun stuff. It's really amazing. And giving a platform to people who feel like they're sometimes alone and hearing, do you know what? This is normal. This is okay. Yeah. is so important. So girls keep doing what you're doing. Next time I'm back, I'll tell you all my stories. Yes. And I'll bring Vaughn on. He won't say much or grunt, but that's okay. <laughs> yes. I'll speak for him because that's what I do. So it'll be fine. So thank you so much for having me. Thank, thank you. We had so fun. much fun. Oh, I've had so you much fun. Yeah. <laughs> I think like your story is going to help so many people out there and like not feeling alone and then like knowing it's just the normal 20s struggle. It goes yeah. up and it goes down. And yeah. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah, so listeners, write us in. You know where to find us, as usual. Uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Um, slide in our DMs. Send us your submissions. It's been a little quiet for a little bit, so get in there. Let us know you're still alive. Um, <laughs> NotYourGirlfriendsPodcast.com. And Blaze, is there anything you want to plug people can find you on? I do Twitter. So my Twitter is BlazingBeauty. It's my zero waste uh, Twitter. Or that's the only one I'm going to give because the other one's super secretive and I post nasty shit on it. But maybe one day I'll expose that. So start on uh, <laughs> Beauty is my zero waste star. Stay tuned. So yeah. <laughs> Thanks okay. so much. Thanks. Bye.
fill the fridge with beer and seltzer. <laughs> but do the seltzer. Blaze loves yeah. the seltzer. And I'm telling you, yes. it's so American. <gasps> has, has seltzer become a thing? So, if it's okay. so to, yes. That's yeah. always been a thing. No, I didn't know. Like, Wait, no, no, no. Seltzer. Hard seltzer. Okay. So, hard alcohol. means alcoholic. Alcohol in it. Alcohol and soda. Mm-hmm. This is alcoholic. Yeah. Soda and like vodka has been a thing forever. But not in tins. No, they are tins. Like, no, yeah. I haven't seen any tins like this. Wow. But I'm going to look for it. Boy, am I going to look for it when I get back because this is so refreshing. I'm like, so good. And hydrated. Yeah. Yeah. At the same time. It's you know, nobody likes the best It's dish. like it's like all people drink now. Yeah, mm. literally. Millennials like, are just all about the hard. Bees teach me everything. 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 <laughs> Amazing. 